Hey, it's Kathy with Rocky Retirement. And as promised, today's Friday, and so you'll be getting to listen to Henry Shapiro's Retired Excited. I know you're just going to love this as much as I do. And don't forget, you can still listen to Rocky Retirement, where I'm the host, and those shows are released on Mondays. Welcome to the Retired Excited Podcast. Retired Excited, the show where we give retired and want-to-be-retired folk a look at how great retired life can be. Here we talk to men and women who are happily retired and loving their life. We explore the techniques, activities, beliefs, and excitement of these happy retirees and examine how every Tom, Dick, and Mary can benefit from their experience. Here is your host, Henry Shapiro. Hey folks, Henry here at Retired Excited, the show providing inspiration for people who are nearly retired, newly retired, or say they're never going to retire. If you're nearing retirement and fearful of what lies ahead, you don't need to be. If you're already retired and wondering how to fill your days, then this show is exactly for you. Here we talk to retired people doing things that make them happy. Things from stamp collecting to cruising, from dancing to touring the world on a motorbike. We talk to everyday retired people who are living the life they want and we talk to a few professionals to get expert advice. And I chip in with some of my own experiences. Hi folks, you're listening to Henry at Retired Excited. Do you like motorbikes? I hope you like motorbikes because that's what we're going to be talking about today. And what's your attitude to women on motorbikes? Today we're talking to Leda Sant. Leda rides a bike and she came to motorbikes a bit later in life. She talks lots and lots about her experience riding as well as lots of other things like loading racing cars into the cargo hold of aeroplanes, the health benefits of riding a motorbike, riding in foreign countries. She talks about learning how to ride a bike and how to keep safe. This is a woman with lots of energy and lots of drive. During the interview, we talk a little bit disparagingly about Harley-Davidson's. And if you ride a Harley, don't take offence. Everybody likes to pour the poo on Harleys, and Harley riders like to give it back. We take that all in good fun. Let's hear from later. Here we go. Later, what we're going to talk about today is retirement. What happened when you retired? How you transitioned into retirement? So just tell us a bit about the backstory before you retired. What were you doing? Okay, so when I came here to Australia, I started working for Qantas. Were you a hostie? No, everyone <laughs> asks me that, Henry. Oh, yes. I actually worked in the freight department, which was quite interesting, and uh, worked my way up to become their customer services manager. So that entailed a lot of moving different, different things. Um, most people don't realize that the underbelly of an aircraft is full of really interesting stuff. What, what sort of skills did you need to do that? The skills were obviously marketing, which um, what I had studied for, and a lot of it was just um, mathematical um, sort of mind, physical assessments of something that could fit on a pallet, could fit on the underbelly of an aircraft. In a previous life, I used to be involved with deer farming, and we used to move deer by plane. So shifting animals is quite an exercise. It was a very sad story I oh, have. Oh no. 
because yes, we did move quite a lot of livestock, horses to Japan, deer from New Zealand. So yes, so there's a lot of, like every day was quite interesting in the fact that you really didn't know what that phone call what it would entitle. I like I've I actually moved a small aircraft inside of an aircraft, uh, racing cars, Monet paintings, lots of different things. So it was quite an interesting career. And yeah. and after that? So after that I got married and decided to be a Susie homemaker. Yes, I know. And so um, I then became involved in the family business that we have, which is a manufacturing business. And then uh, I retired I've retired twice. I retired the first time and then got bored. And I think we all sit there and we think it would be so great when we retire. But sometimes we retire and we get a little bored. Tell us about the second retirement. Uh, Did you see it coming or did you plan for it? How did it happen? Well, the second retirement, I'm trying to get my husband to retire. So I thought Mm -hmm. that if I would retire, he would retire. And he's still working five days a week and absolutely loving it. And there is no word, the word retirement is not used in this house because he doesn't want to retire. I guess we're fortunate because we have a business. Mm -hmm. So no one's actually helping you to retire (laughs) in a sense. So it's quite good that way. So, um, so this, this podcast is for the nearly retired, the newly retired and them that says they're never going to retire. And that sounds like George. Yes, so you have those three categories. <laughs> yes. The only thing I can say, look, the thing is you will enjoy the first few months of retirement, not getting up and, you know, all the, the, the pressures of working. Mm-hmm. Then you get a little bit bored and that's when you really have to start thinking about activities to keep your mind alert, to keep physical. So mm-hmm. when I did retire, I did do a lot of... Um, training in boot camping to do a tough mother Mm. Um, and then you start ticking off things out of your bucket list Mm -hmm. and that's what I think retirement is all about because by the time you retire you hopefully have enough money to be able to tick so many things off your bucket list and enjoy it. Yeah so if we come to motorbikes were you riding prior to retirement? Okay motorbikes started when I was 45 And I'm going to use the word that a lot of men don't like to use, but the word menopause. (laughs) I decided, hey, I'm going to try to ride a bike. At 45, maybe a little too old, but it is the best thing that I ever, ever did. So Mm. I've been now riding for about 13, 14 years, and it has been a fantastic challenge. It keeps you alert, keeps you alive. Um, I've been able to join a club. Um, which is the Ulysses Club, which... And that's where I first met you. That's right, Henry. <laughs> that's yes. Right. See, the people um, you meet. That's right. I, I uh, am slightly in the same position. I was riding a bike when I was young. Yep. I was 18. And I rode till I was 22. And then I got married. <laughs> <laughs> and then I didn't ride for 40 years. Right. And came back to it yep. when I first met you when I was 62. Yeah. And love it again. And how much fun have we had? We've had great fun. (laughs) We've had a lot of really great trips and it's been really great. And um, it's been fantastic because we've met people from all walks of life. And it's been with one theme in common, which Mm -hmm. is riding a motorbike. And it's been fantastic. So what sort of bike are you riding? I now ride a BMW F. 
800. 800. <laughs> I don't even know the bike I'm riding. I've only had it for a few months. Um, did most of my riding on a BMW 1200. I did 100,000 kilometres and went around Australia twice. Now, no one's listening to this. What bike did you have before the GS? Okay. <laughs> and this is, I then went to the dark side. As I was saying before, the, um, the bucket list, George decided to surprise me with a Harley. It was a red Harley that matched my nail polish. So I had He's that. He's my kind of guy. That's, <laughs> that's impressive. <laughs> yep. He scored a few points. So anyway, we had the Harley and it's been really great riding the Harley, but it really, really, it's not suited to the t- style of riding that we do. We do a lot of long distances, very tight sort of um, twisty roads mm-hmm. where the Harley is more for just your, you know, hundred kilometers going to some nice coffee shop. Yeah, park the you, bike you've outside. You've got a bit of a reputation in the club for being a hmm, bit of a quick rider. Yeah, that slowed me down with the Harley. <laughs> and that was one of the reasons George bought me the Harley. Because with the RT, with the BMW, such a, a beautiful bike, uh, such a nimble, easy to ride bike, that the speed did get a little bit away. You didn't realise you were going as fast as you were going. And um, George was getting a little bit concerned with the nickname of Leadfoot. <laughs> What is it about riding that's important to you? I think what I love most about riding is um, the sense of freedom. But I also find that when you're on a bike, if the pressures of life get you down, um, I think, you know, as we get older, sometimes we tend to have bouts of what we sometimes call depression or dark clouds. And I find that um, with riding, it actually clears your brain. And it, doesn't, it, gives, it allows you to go out there and think of absolutely nothing, which is quite difficult for us to think of absolutely, well, for us females to think of absolutely nothing. I understand that you gentlemen have little boxes in your brains and you go into that little nothing box but it's a little you've difficult watched the, you've watched the same thing i've watched <laughs> yeah you're going yeah, that's like it. that yeah yeah right, so with that. riding a bike that is gone because <laughs> you're concentrating on staying alive it's a bit so. like meditation isn't it really it is it yeah. is look it, it has it's kept me young it's fantastic like i said george is 75 and he still rides we still have members in the club up to the age of 80 who still ride and most of them like you henry who um, had a family were riding when they were young had a family and then come back to riding at a later stage in their life are there any negatives to riding yeah mm-hmm. falling and getting hurt <laughs> That's a really that'd, big negative. Do it, it? <laughs> uh, riding in the, you know, in the rain or, or when it's quite cold. Or as I was saying to you, I just came back from doing two, well, 15 days in Thailand. Mm-hmm. We did two and a half thousand kilometers and um, yeah, fell and um, gonna, unexpected. I, I'm going to come back to that in a second. But so you've come off. Is that the first time you've come off? Because uh, you've, you've got all your arms and legs. You look yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah. No, I'm fine. And like I said, I've been riding for about 14 years. And I think if you count it all up, probably you've done about 180,000 kilometers, doing a lot of kilometers. Mm-hmm. And in those years, I only fell um, when I first started, which because um, I actually saw somebody fall in front of me mm-hmm. and I wasn't, I was so shocked that somebody had fallen that 
I decided to do the exact same thing and fell. <laughs> uh, so I learned very quickly not to do that. And this is the only other time. So, yeah. And thank God with this one, I only broke a fingernail. So it wasn't that bad. A fingernail. <laughs> it's really dramatic for us females. Henry, fingernails, they hurt. Right. So just back to uh, touring overseas. Tell us about that. How did that happen? Well, like uh, joining the club, uh, you meet a lot of different people. Six years ago, we did our very first trip to Thailand and we did it with an organized group and there were six of us. And then we went back a few years later and we brought eight and we decided to do the actual organization, myself and Dean, which, you know, Dean. Mm -hmm. And so uh, that went really well. We then decided to do Vietnam and there was nine of us in Vietnam. And this uh, last trip, there was 10 of us. There was nine guys. And myself. And you. Yes. Mother hen, looking after them all. That's it. That's me. Yep. Oh, so the, you got there and then what happened? Look, they're the most fascinating trips because you get there, and especially for men, because men tend to get a little bit bored uh, after seeing a lot of sightseeing. Um, you know, you can see a few too many temples or a few too many churches and old buildings. So we try to do a really good mix where there's a little bit of sightseeing, but primarily it is just riding. So we ride, we start our mornings at 8.30 and we're Mm. usually back in the hotel by 4. Obviously you've been to those Asian countries. Why did you do that? What's the The reason we go Mm. to the Asian countries, it's because it's A, a little bit cheaper for us here in Australia. Mm -hmm. Um, And like I said, having worked with Qantas, uh, I have travelled quite a lot. So travelling is a passion. Mm -hmm. Um, So combining motorcycling with travel is... We were talking earlier before we came online about the the sorts of bikes that you're riding and you, you weren't all that happy with the bikes you had this time around. Tell yeah, this time we decided because we were doing the, the, the actual, we were organizing the tour, we decided to go for a bigger bike. Um, and I can suggest that anyone who does ride in Asia, it's better to go for a smaller bike and have a, a, a lighter bike because the roads are quite different than they are here. When you say a lighter bike, we're talking about a step through or a really small bike? Uh, Look, the first time we went, we had a 450 Mm -hmm. and that was really great. It was a a Honda 450. It was a very old uh, Japanese import. Mm -hmm. Um, We had a lot of trouble with the bike itself because it wasn't well maintained. So then we decided to go the second time for a better company with, you know, newer bikes. And this last time we decided to even go better. So... I actually had a Triumph Bonneville at 800, which was brand new. They only bought it about four months before, but it was just not the right bike for the conditions. It was a beautiful bike to ride, but if any of you have seen, if you haven't had the opportunity of going to Asia, but you have seen um, YouTube clips, you're talking about hundreds and hundreds of scooters around you and trying to maneuver your way through, through the sea of scooters can be quite daunting. What would the club normally do? That, that's a, an unusual thing or a, a fabulous thing, but what, what's the normal thing that the club does? Okay, so as you know, I'm the ride coordinator and have been for quite a few years. And um, so we have two rides, two Sunday rides every month. And we cater for everybody, like from from somebody who's just starting, somebody who's come back to riding. Uh, We have a ride leader and we have a tail end. So you're protected within the group. So if if you feel that you'd like to go out to ride but don't want to do it on your own, it's the best way of riding. I I can attest to that. After coming back to riding 
from 40 years, I was really nervous about it. Yeah, most and, people uh, And you looked after me and the tail ender looked after me. And I got some really good advice from the members who are on the ride. One of the first things we did when I came back was we did a few Sunday rides, which are typically three, four hundred kilometres, but That's then right. we went away for a few days and you were the ride leader. Yeah. And you said to me, just watch how the others ride. And I did. Yeah. And a couple of people, and George is one of the ones who, uh, who helped me. He said, just do this and just do that. And within two or three months, I was back into it. I was back Definitely. riding as though I'd never been yeah. off it again. So it was well, terrific. In, in doing that, we have Sunday rides. Then we have Wednesday rides, which are primarily a very a smaller group than they are on a Sunday ride. And they're very, they're very experienced riders. So when I started to ride, I then and felt confident enough to join the Wednesday ride. That's where I really learned how to ride because of that. I used to pick one person and follow that person, follow the person's lines. And then you learn who's good, who isn't so good. And then you you build up your experience through it. So I find that very important. Also, there's a lot of people, uh, both females and males, that don't have a good sense of direction. So you don't need to worry because you have a leader and you have somebody that rides behind you should something happen. So we don't lose you along the way. So that really does help. And we've seen so much, as you know, on many of our rides, so much of Victoria, of Australia by doing that. Um, just, yeah. just to explain to folks, we're not riding in a formation like perhaps you see uh, the Hells Angels on yeah, television no. riding two by two yeah. down the freeway. That's no. not what we do. No. We can be strung out over a kilometre or a number of kilometres. Yeah. Just explain that to folks. Okay, so what happens is we have a ride leader and then the mm. ride leader, you know, sets off and, and then it's like an elastic, elastic band. You know, as you stretch, it takes longer and longer by the time tail end comes along. So you ride at your own pace. So if you want to go slower, somebody will overtake you. You obviously cannot take the, overtake the, the ride leader. But in doing that, then what happens is the ride leader will drop what we say drop is a corner marker to give the direction of where we're turning left, right or whatever. By doing that, it actually slows the group down a little so, bit. So then when you say a corner marker, that's the person who's riding just behind him, isn't it? That's right. Just yeah. the, the leader will then, um, whoever is riding behind the leader will, if he's turning, will say left, will drop a corner marker. So you stay there, wait until the tail end comes and picks you up. So by doing that, you're actually stretching the line even more. And that's why you are then able to ride at your own pace. There's lots of times you can be riding on your own. You yes. don't actually riding with anyone in front of you. So, yeah. So riding a bike has been a big thing in your retirement for you. It's yes. been fantastic. You, you know, it has saved me from just getting bored, uh, feeling sorry for myself. It's given me a purpose. It's, um, you, you, you have to be healthy to ride a bike. So it's, it's helped me in, in that aspect. It's helped my mind and it's kept me busy um, being involved in a club, meeting people and, um, yeah, it's win-win situation for everyone. Now, you were telling me when we first spoke about this that you're actually thinking about doing something else, or you are doing something else. So this is a double yeah. head of this. This is a double head of this discussion. It, uh, yeah, it's actually quite funny, you know, like I'm semi-retired and, and decided... Oh, no, you're not. <laughs> and I'm, I'm now probably a bit busier than I was before, so... I've been looking around and talking to people and realized that now 
people are time poor, even in retirement. They're, they're, time, they're, they're getting busy in doing different activities as you're doing now, you know, it's just getting involved in doing different things. And then the important things like organization of their house or bills or whatever, they're time poor. So I've now um, started a small business and it's a concierge, which is like a butler. So I come into your house and do whatever you don't like to do and try to organize you best I can. And it's been really, really great. So I've met different people and it's been wonderful. Thank you for mentioning that. (laughs) And as we come to the end of this discussion, I'll get some details off you and we can put them ah, out there. Thank and you. This obviously goes all around the world, so it's not going to be appropriate to everyone. But if, yep. if it is, well, they can contact you. So then what are you excited about? What are you looking forward to? My real big excitement is I'm working on uh, taking 34 people to Tasmania. And we leave on the 24th of February. Uh, and uh, part of the club, they have what is called an AGM. And they um, pick different places in Australia. And this year, it's in Tasmania, in Launceston. So I've organised 34 people to take the ferry down to Devonport. And we're doing about uh, just over 2,000 kilometres. We're there for about 10 days. And we tour around Tasmania. So that's what I'm really excited about. Okay, so excitement for you is the next project. It's always the next project, Henry. (laughs) next project. Yeah, that's, you know, as I'm sitting here, I I sort of think, where else can we go? What else can we do? (laughs) Have you got any advice for people who are coming up to retirement and are nervous about what's on the other side of retirement? Embrace it. Embrace it. It's a good time of your life. It's, It's a time for you to do everything that you've wanted to do, but kids, marriage... Work, commitments haven't allowed you to do it. Now we're so fortunate. We're all so healthy. You know, 60 is the new 40 and 70 is the new 50. So you're never too old. I did not line later up to say that, folks. (laughs) (laughs) It's true, though. Yeah. What would you like the listeners to take away from our discussion now? What I'd like the listeners to do, think outside the box. Our age is only a figure. You know, sometimes society puts us that, you know, you're 60, you're old. You're really not. You know, like I said, George is 75, still working and is absolutely loving it. So um, just embrace it and and just try to do things that that you never had the opportunity of doing it before. And you never know where it will lead Mm -hmm. you. I never knew that riding a bike one day I'd be sitting here being interviewed by you. (laughs) So look at that. Are there any... uh resources or websites or books that you think people who are considering riding should be going to? If you're considering to ride, what I really suggest you do is join a club because then you're tapping in other people's experiences. Um, you know, there's lots of websites, um, Ulysses website. Um, how do you, Ulysses, how do you spell Ulysses? That's, oh, wow. Y-L, <laughs> U-L-Y-S-S-E-S is Ulysses. And, and in Australia, it's ulysses.com.au. And are right. they international? They are becoming international. We now have them in France. They've just opened up in France, in South Africa. There's Asia, there's Canada. So it's, it's slowly growing. Mm-hmm. And what Ulysses stands for is virtually you have to be over 40. Okay. So you don't have the younger people who have to prove themselves. We've proved ourselves. Mm-hmm. So um, they're over 40 and... All we do is ride. And, and, and wherever you, chapter you go to, they all ride the same sort of um, 
as we call it, formation with a, a ride later and a tail end. So you're pretty much protected in that. So being of that age, they're not crazies, they're not... No, 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 you're not crazy. And, you know, it's really great because you'll be sitting there at breakfast and somebody will remind you to take your tablets. How good is that? <laughs> you know, so it's great. We're all in the same boat. We've all just retired or about to retire, so it's great. So websites, uh, you can look for Ulysses, and if you're in Australia, yep. ulysses.com.au. Yes. Or I know that if you just Google motorbike clubs... Yes. Any number of things come. Most major um, make, uh, manufacturers will have a club, uh, and that's international. So it's just a matter of going there and really go there once, go to their meetings or go on a ride, and once you get that field, you then decide if you're happy with that. So join not. a club. What about if you haven't got a license, you need a license? So Okay, how- that's the most important thing. Like if you do need a license, and I do suggest this for anyone, even people who have ridden and then have come back after so many years, refresher courses are the most important things that I, I could not suggest that strong enough. There's a lot of courses. Um, there's uh, a cornering courses that I've done. I've done BMW courses where they taught, uh, taught us how to pick up bikes, go through gravel, go through, you know, different sort of obstacles that help you. Um, With Ulysses, once you pay their membership, every two years they do refund you $60 on any kind of courses that you do. So we're strong to advocates of courses and continually um, sort of learning. What about safety? Well... What, what do you wear? Are you out in your, your thongs, thongs and yes. T-shirt? <laughs> no. Um, most of our rides, we will not allow anyone who doesn't have proper uh, bike motorcycle gear. Mm-hmm. Helmets, leathers or dry um, dragon jeans, proper boots. Um, I've been unfortunately involved in quite a few accidents and these things have saved quite a lot of people. There's uh, websites out there. There's motorcycle safety websites. Yes. And there's motorcycle riding websites, and yes. probably the best known is Twist of the Wrist. Oh, you're giving me a look. <laughs> I haven't heard about him. But oh, okay. okay. Well, it, it, it explains, I will after explains counter-steering and explains yes. control yes. And, and those yeah. things. Yeah. And there's a motorcycle website. The, the, uh, the URL is just evading me at the moment. But I'll put them in the show notes yes. so that everyone can have a look. Definitely. Look, we are so fortunate now, Henry, with the internet. You can learn everything you want. Um, I had a few issues with the Harley doing U-turns, and I spent quite a few hours just, you know, Googling, searching, and finding YouTubes with so many helpful hints. So yeah. definitely, it is a sport. What you put in is what you'll get out of it. So definitely. And people often think, well, how can I practice? How can I practice a U-turn? And the answer is you go down to the Safeway supermarket after hours. That's it. When it's empty, you can do whatever you like. Or the other best way of doing it, if you're living in Australia, it doesn't really happen overseas. We have roundabouts and just constantly go around a roundabout and that will give you a lot of practice on, on, on slow manoeuvring. Is there anything else I should be asking you? I would like to see more females on the road. Um, I, I think it's really great that, um, that more females go out there. And if, if not, at least enjoy it with your husband as a pillion. Do it together. It is just a great sport to do together. So the takeaway from, from this? Get a bike. <laughs>
Get on your bike, Henry. <laughs> You've been very kind and very um, generous with your time. It's been a as, pleasure. Folks, as you can tell, people are into motorbikes. We can talk motorbikes all day, every day. Yes, it's we can. It's that kind of a sport. Yes. <laughs> so thank you very much for talking to me today and for what you've helped our listeners with. Thanks. Thank you. It's been an absolute pleasure. And I hope to see many of you on the road. Wow. I think you're going to agree. This woman is a force of nature. She took up motorcycling a bit later in life and really developed it into a passion after she retired. She's joined the Ulysses Club and helps. she probably holds one of the most important positions now in the club, apart from the president. She's the ride coordinator and she organises the rides for the club week to week and month to month, as well as the international rides that she talked about. She's fanatical about improving her skills and that's what really makes her special. She took the steps and took the time and the energy and the interest in really developing her motorcycle skills and now she is a very, very good rider. She's taken the skills from her previous life, her obvious organisational skills and her drive and used those skills within the club. The club are very fortunate to have her and you can see when I asked her what excites her, what excites her is the next project, taking the group down to Tasmania, taking 34 people. How would you like to have 34 people relying on you and, and one other member, organising how they get there, what their accommodation is, what they do from minute to minute, day to day, organising to make sure they have food and somewhere to sleep. She's amazing. Now, we mentioned a few YouTube clips, and the first one I think you're going to be really pleased with. If you go onto YouTube and look for Mark Gungor, so it's M-A-R-K, Mark, and Gungor is G-U-N-G-O-R, and the name of the clip is A Tale of Two Brains. When we started talking about brain boxes and women going, Zzz, that's where it came from. Have a look at it. You're going to really, really like it, and you might even, well, you're in danger of learning something. The next one I mentioned was Twist of the Wrist. So on YouTube, if you look for Twist of the Wrist, you'll find a motorcycle clip about how to ride and the techniques and things you will need to know about riding a motorcycle. It's a bit of a daggy sort of a video clip. Nevertheless, the information they give is excellent. So don't worry about how corny it is. Just think about what they're saying to you. And finally, I talked about a motorcycle safety group. So if you go onto the net and you go into www.ms group or one word so it's motorcycle safety group but ms group or one word dot org forward slash articles dot aspx as always i'll put these contacts and these uh, resources in the show notes you'll be able to find them there on retiredexcited.com there were some gems amongst what what later had to say if you want to contact the ulysses club and later and i are both part of the shearwaters branch which is in the southeast suburbs of Melbourne, you can contact later on 0412 050 495. 0412 050 495. And latest contact details on the net are laderbmw at hotmail.com. So it's L-E-D-A-B-M-W, all one word, at hotmail.com. She also mentioned that she started a new business, as though she had some spare time. Makes me tired just thinking about her. So it's Later Sant Concierge Services. And once again, 0412 
050495. You've had a bit of an example of the sort of organiser that later is, and I'm positive that you would be happy with any service she provided. Give it a go. Once again, if you need that sort of a service in the southeast suburbs of Melbourne, give later a call. So what are we going to do next week? Next week, we're going to talk to Daniel Bloodworth. I swore to myself I wasn't going to talk about finance when we started this podcast, but there are some things you really have to, have to think about. And I know every retirement podcast and every retirement blog concentrates on finance, 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 and I really didn't want to do that. But there's some basics that I feel I do have to cover. So Danielle is unbelievably good. I can honestly say that Danielle saved my backside when we retired. If you want to find out what the problem was and how she fixed it, tune in next week. So finally, let me know what you think about motorbikes. Just contact me on henry at retiredexcited.com and I will answer you. That's all for today. See you next week. I want to get that up for sure. Um, Ian likes to riff it. That was interesting. What a good idea. Oh, wait, I wanted to thank you again for listening to the Rocky Retirement Show. If you're a new listener, a good place to start is episode 116. This explains the six pillars of retirement lifestyle and our general philosophy. Episodes 1 through 236 can be thought of as an encyclopedia. These are topics that may or may not be interesting to you. You can listen to the ones that you're interested in and forget the rest until the issue becomes an issue for you. And that's okay. I actually don't recommend starting with episode one and working through until the most recent. That's actually not how the show was designed. Of course, if you want to do that so you can see how the show changed over time, you're welcome to. Now, starting in August... Actually, August 31st of 2020, we changed the format of the show. The monthly episodes starting with 237 follow a real retiree from her pre-announcement through her first year of retirement. There might be bonus episodes, but we're committed to monthly. If you've enjoyed any of our past shows or the show that you've just listened to and you want to support us, you can do so in any of the four ways. One, share this episode with a friend or family member who needs to hear it. This is the most important way that people find us. Since our audience is typically older, we grow by having our listeners share our episodes with others. Two, subscribe to or follow the show using whatever podcast catcher you're listening on right now. Now, if you're listening on your computer, you can listen on your smartphone by going to Apple Podcasts, 
Google Play, Stitcher, Podcast Addict, iHeartRadio, Spotify. I mean, I believe on all of them. If you can't find us on the podcast catcher that you'd like to use, send us a note on the website at rockyourretirement.com and we'll make sure that we get on your favorite podcast app. But basically, what you do is you download the app and then you search for the show and when you find it, you'll hit subscribe. Make sure it's the Rock Your Retirement Show and that you hear my voice when you listen. Um, Actually, there were some episodes where Henry Shapiro was a guest. Uh, we, We actually downloaded some of his episodes. So if you hear him, it's probably still the the same show. There were maybe 34 or 35 episodes back in the beginning that we hosted on our show uh, when he decided to leave podcasting. Number three, how you can support us is by leaving a review. Whatever podcast app you're listening to normally has the option of leaving a review, either a written review saying how great the show is or just with stars. Five stars is typically the best. And of course, we're shooting for those five-star reviews. And if you tell us why you like the show, what you liked about it, it's actually easier for other people to understand what the show's about. A lot of people, when they find our show, they think it's about money. And of course, by now, you know that it's not. Number four, if you'd like to support us financially, of course, we're always appreciative of that. Just go to rockyourretirement.com slash support and it will take you to our page where you can support us financially. Thanks again and we'll see you next time on Rock Your Retirement. Bye!